Welcome to the We Are Here podcast, a podcast all about entrepreneurship on the South Coast, collecting stories and lessons from entrepreneurs and community leaders to learn firsthand how they've built their business or organization so we can build our own. The South Coast is a small place, and we're letting the business world know that we are here. Show your support by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast, and join the newsletter for all of our latest announcements and upcoming episodes at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. That's southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the We Are Here podcast. This is going to be an amazing episode with Lara Harrington of Boutique Fitness and Track and Channel. I mean, just loads and loads of knowledge in this episode. And I'm pumped because we're just getting this whole We Are Here podcast off the ground. And this is an amazing episode already. Really hope you enjoy it. Make sure to find Lara and tell her thanks for doing this and sharing all of this. Uh, great insider uh, tips and tricks with us to help us build our businesses a little bit better here on the South Coast. Also, don't forget, visit the website, southcoast.fm, go to Lara's episode, and in that episode post, there's a link, click on it, and you can win a couple items from Lara for boutique fitness, for track and channel, get you some free classes. We're choosing two winners. Just got to enter your email address to win, share it with friends and family so that you can help increase your chances uh, to win. We'll be pulling those uh, those winners out in about seven days from the episode. So make sure that you like our Facebook page over at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast. We'll announce the winner there. Also email you uh, with your email address when you enter. Really hope you're enjoying this series of entrepreneurs on the South Coast, all female founders. If you do, go ahead over to iTunes, search for us, We Are Here podcast, South Coast MA. However you find us, click the links on our website. Leave us a five-star review. That'd be great. Helps us get found, really helps us know that we're putting out the right information that you want to hear. All right, without further ado, let's listen to Lara's amazing episode. I am co-owner of Boutique Fitness first, and then new to my life and New Bedford, I'm also co-owner of Track and Channel. So Boutique Fitness, um, I started about six years ago with a good friend of mine, Angela Corrieri Johnson. And, you know, this was back when... There was no really not many fitness options in the South Coast area. Um, so we sort of went in on that together and, um, you know, been through sort of hell and high water together and definitely stronger now than ever. Um, and then track and channel, sort of the cardio piece to that. Um, so it's a good complement to it. Uh, my background is actually in fine arts. It's not in fitness at all. Uh, except that in my mid-20s, I had some health challenges um, where I had to either go on some medication or really just straighten out my health. Um, so I hired a personal trainer, and she created a monster. <laughs> and I, I basically have never turned back since that experience. Um, so I've been a coach now for about 14 years. Um, during that time, you know, I got married, I had a daughter. Um, so I'm a working mom, full-time working mom. Um, so I understand, <laughs> you know, life is hard. It's challenging, uh, with two businesses, four locations altogether. Boutique fitness has three locations. Track and channel has one. Um, and not just Angela, but I have two partners with track and channel, uh, Laura Parrish and Ryan Dwelly. So I have four studios and three business partners. I have a husband and a daughter, <laughs> <Lots of laughs> friends and family, and, a, and then two cats. So, 
you know, life is full. It's very good. So not full cat lady, just uh, just a small sliver of the pie is just the cats. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had to take two because the, the shelter wouldn't let us take just one if they were going to be alone. So the more the merrier. So I got, I mean, there's just, you, you have a, a wealth of stuff that I want to talk about um, and unpack. Uh, lots of challenges here that folks might not be sort of uh, privy to if they're starting their first business uh, or if they're starting their first business with a partner who might be a friend or a family member, things can get pretty tricky. Uh, <laughs> but uh, before we get there, you know, a lot of the folks I speak to on my other podcast, they're sort of accidental entrepreneurs, right? They're freelancers or consultants in the digital space. They didn't really you know, they just sort of happened on to running a business. They had a couple of clients on the side, but they had a day job and they, you know, they weren't thinking I'm going to start a business and I'm going to pay taxes and I'm going to do payroll. I'm going to do all this stuff. Um, but eventually they got to that accidentally through just word of mouth, collecting more clients. Did you set out to always want to be an entrepreneur or a business owner? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so with, um, when I started training, you know, I, I suppose, and it's not something I realized until I was knee deep in it. Um, just how I sort of gravitate towards leadership positions. And when I started, I started coaching for a studio called Fitness Together in Barrington, Rhode Island. Um, and they were a startup, they were a brand new studio. So I was with them from the ground up. And in that experience, um, I always said I would never own a studio because I knew exactly what it took to run one. And I didn't want people's livelihoods to be dependent on me, um, you know, the whole all the, the reasons why you would talk yourself out of owning a business. Um, and then it just got to the point where, you know, my daughter was about two and a half and our lives are in New Bedford. Um, a bunch of our friends own businesses downtown. Um, and I had been doing a lot of in-home training. So I had a really great warm market in New Bedford already. Um, I had started a YouTube channel because people kept asking me for help. So I would just post up, post videos on YouTube um, to sort of, be a resource for them, but not take more time away from my family. So um, it just got to the point where my husband came home one day and said, this is silly. You can't keep going to Rhode Island. I think you should open up a new Bedford, which was really scary, but he's a lot more conservative than I am. So for him to say it, <laughs> gave me a lot, a lot of confidence. Um, and then everybody I talked to just really believed in me. You know, all my business owner friends downtown um, were super supportive right from the from the start. Um, so when I talked to Angela, she was actually coming, she was a stay at home mom for six years. And so convincing her to do it, um, it actually was a lot easier. I asked her to come on as my manager and she actually offered business partnership, which surprised me and I was thrilled with it. But then, you know, there was a, a huge transition that comes from that. So I think helping her through it um, allowed me to sort of stay stronger you know, it was, uh, the transition was definitely tough, but it wasn't so scary because I saw how scary it was for her, you know, leaving her kids. Where are those gaps there that when you have a new partner and you're sort of thrown into this partnership that you weren't really thinking about having, like what were those big lessons you learned, one or two of them, now that you can look back on it and, and see where you, where you started from? Uh, you know, I was really stubborn and um, I came from an area where we charged a lot for personal training. So I knew we would have to bring our prices down and I was totally okay with that. But there were the few places that were offering personal training in the area um, really charged far too little for their services. And so we kept getting compared to, you know, the gym and the mill down the street or wherever. Um, and it was sort of 
trying to set ourselves apart from that and making sure that we were fair to the area, but then also not selling ourselves short just because, you know, whoever was charging $8 a half hour. Um, so for me, I had all the confidence in the world because I was already an established coach. Um, I think convincing the people around me, especially my partner, that she was worth that money, um, that was a little more challenging. And so we definitely had to hammer that out. And, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. And we worked with the EDC uh, really closely on establishing a baseline that would make sense for the business. Um, so that was a little tricky, for sure. I mean, that, that, that on itself, right? Charging what you're worth, you know, getting the value per dollar, not just for you, but for your customer. That's a huge lesson in a lot of businesses, particularly in mine as well. They're, they're sort of got some parallels there where in, in the digital world or web design or marketing consulting, like sort of everybody's doing it, right? right? Probably just like everybody's a Beachbody coach, right. you know, everybody's a web designer. So you've just got this flurry in the market of people who will do it for, you know, rock bottom prices. And <clears throat> maybe because some of them, they don't have the overhead that you you might have, or they're just not thinking of scale that you might have, and, and most certainly not giving out the sort of uh, the, the quality and, and the length of time and knowledge that you have over, you know, almost two decades now doing this stuff. Um, but it's an interesting challenge for sure. And there's, you know, how, I'm trying to find the best way, way to phrase this, but are there, or is it like just polar opposites in terms of clients that you saw in, in Barrington to sort of now New Bedford in the South Coast area? And does, in the fitness industry specifically, does location really dictate that that sort of price point? Um, you know, the, the clientele really isn't very different at all. And that was sort of one of my arguments when, um, you know, I had the people closest to me that supported, supported this decision and wanted us to do it and really believed that it would be great. But then, you know, I, I worked closely with, a, with corporate through Fitness Together and, um, I had a lot of people in the industry that I was working closely with, and I didn't get the same um, go-ahead from them. And everybody in that part of my life thought that it would fail. They said the demographics weren't there. Um, you know. But coming from the South Coast and having trained a lot of people in-house, I knew that it was a service that people wanted and needed and just wasn't available. So the... The people themselves, and the, you know, if you're going to invest in your in your health and in your wellness and in your fitness, you're going to invest in it. Um, the thing is that there was nothing valuable enough for people to consider that as a viable place to invest their money or their time. You know, when we started, people were still just going to the gym and kind of lost for a couple of hours. So it was a very big shift for people to come in and just have a workout written for them. There's only four people in a session. Um, so you're you're working very closely with a trainer. So you get that personalized attention, but you're not paying this crazy amount to work with a trainer. And then our sessions are 30 minutes, which, you know, people are doubtful that 30 minutes is enough time. But if you program properly, then it's plenty of time. Um, so there were there were a lot of uh, basically everything that we wanted to do for boutique fitness. We had to convince people that it was a good idea. Um, and then Angela, working closely with Angela, um, I started putting her through the workouts that I had in mind, you know, and they've we've evolved the programming together over the years, but initially to prove to her that a 30 minute workout was long enough. So she would come to my house twice a week and I would try my best to just 
annihilate her. Let's let's put it nicely. (laughs) Yeah, she likes to work out really hard. She's she's a very strong girl. So um, so that was really fun and definitely um, a great way for us to build our relationship. Right. And, and, And I guess that's the that's the hard part in your business is, you know, people are paying you people are paying you for them to work, right? Like they have to put in the work. And a lot of people just are like, oh God, I got to pay this person. What, what I feel is is way too much money and I have to show up and do the work. Like, can't, you, just, can't I just pay somebody and I just magically lose weight, right? Like that, I feel like that's what yeah. everybody wants to do, right? It's probably why people get tied into, you know, so many uh, empty promise, uh, you know, workout things, whatever that might be, uh, a shake, right. uh, video, I mean, whatever it is. And, and, you know, maybe some of it works if you put in the work, right? But a lot of people I think are in your space specifically or afraid to put in the work. Shifting gears just a little bit, speaking about putting in work, usually I save this discussion maybe towards the end a little bit, but uh, I find that on the South Coast and the businesses that I've you know I've talked to for over a decade now on the South Coast, a lot of people are afraid to put in the work of marketing. Um, and even before the show, uh, you sort of joke like, oh, uh, you know, you and I are recording through Skype right now, and and, and you said that I mean, I'd be teaching something. Um, I'm teaching you something by doing a podcast. But you were early on in YouTube, right? You you didn't have this fear of YouTube. Um, YouTube is really coming back around, which is funny in my in my digital space to see sort of this rebirth of people going back to YouTube. Um, but it seems like you were an early adopter. You weren't afraid to put it out there. Uh, was that a pretty good online marketing channel for you? And what other online marketing channels are working for you? Uh, yeah, that, you know what? I've never thought of it that way. And that's really interesting. I would set up, um, I didn't use the videos on my phone or anything like that. And I had this rinky-dink little camera I would set up um, in really strange spots in the studio. I used to work in and just Jimmy rig everything up and, you know, hope for the best. Um, but I had set myself a goal to do a hundred videos in 90 days. So that was, it was sort of, you know, I just pulled it out of nowhere and I said, if I can do a hundred videos in 90 days and they have to be quality videos, like, so, you know, something that people can actually use, um, then I can, I have what I need to sort of figure out what I need to do from here in my life from here on end. So, I did 100 videos in 90 days, and it was really hard, and my husband thought I was bananas. Like, (laughs) he'd come home, and I'm trying to figure out YouTube and trying to edit videos, and I didn't have anything, you know, anything fancy. I didn't have um, voiceovers. I didn't have anything written. It was really raw, and they still tend to be pretty raw. Um, I'm a visual person, so I just just give me the basics, you know. but, and it's interesting because my, even my boss at the time, he didn't think anything of it. He was like, you're doing what? Why? <laughs> you know? But then we started using some of those through social media for my old job, which was helpful. Um, you know, and it's just interesting to hear people talk about or even comment. Or when I see people out, you know, oh, I saw that YouTube video of you, which started to make me realize that people were watching, which was interesting and a little scary. <laughs> I'm looking at the channel. I'm looking at the channel right now and I'm, I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and you have an insane amount of videos here. Uh, yeah. This goes back and I'm still scrolling. Um, this is going now um, you're six years ago, um, which is, is even before I was on YouTube, <laughs> which was five years ago. Um, so, wow. I mean, good on you. And I finally hit the, I finally hit the first video ever. Let me just click on this. It was called Around the World Mountain Climber. 
okay. let's see, that was March 16th, 2011. Um, so it looks like you're continuing to still do it. Is it, is it a driver for you? Are people still coming in saying, hey, I saw that on YouTube? Or do you direct people to your YouTube channel for lessons and, and whatnot? You know, we actually, we haven't used YouTube specifically okay. as marketing, but we um, upload to YouTube and then um, we have it on our website. Got it. So the videos that you see on YouTube are typically in our website as a combo. So just some exercise suggestions, especially most of them are done without much equipment. So you can do them when you travel. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when we close for a week every year during the 4th of July, uh, so we usually recommend specific videos for our clients to do so that they can have something and not have an excuse that they didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's for us, it's about giving resources to our clients and then anybody else who sort of happens upon it. Um, our website is, is really nice. We had it redone uh, about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And so you can see all the videos um, and just kind of go right through them. Yep. So it, as far as YouTube, I haven't actually pushed YouTube specifically, except back then in 2011, um, and I would just put those videos right on Facebook. Um, I actually, I still had MySpace. Yeah, I was going to say back then you were you were probably you were probably going, "What is this Facebook thing?" <laughs> yeah, I had just gone. I had a friend who was actually trying to get in touch with me. Uh, one of my um, friends from middle school that I hadn't seen since I was twelve, and that's she introduced me to Facebook because she sent me a request, uh, which was really funny. And then I was like, "Wow, look at this thing." <laughs> <laughs> And then I started sharing videos there. So is it so is that the primary driver for you right now with fitness or or maybe even probably Instagram at this point? That's really blown up for the fitness industry. Are those the two primary channels, or is it still really just a strong word of mouth presence? Um, it's a, you know a little bit of everything. I think definitely a word of mouth, but people like to see visuals. They like mm -hmm. to see what's going on. They they want to know who we are and what our message is, and you know people. We just celebrated six years um, at the studio and for New Bedford, and almost everybody I talked to is really surprised by that. Mm -hmm. And you know, six years is a long time, and we've had a lot of the same clients for that entire time, which is something we didn't expect. We expected like a three-month turnaround or retention, um, but our clients really stay with us. So I feel like we've become such a household name that. Um, sometimes people stop looking right. They're like, Oh yeah, boutique fitness. But then they don't, you know, they hear about something else. Now there's a ton of new fitness places. And so they, they might try something else because it's a new name, even though they haven't actually checked us out. So I think when they go on our website, when they find out we've been open six years and it surprises them and then, you know, it's a ple pleasantly surprises them. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's nice that way. Hopefully lots of people listening to this and, and certainly the people that I'm interviewing are all in a situation where, They've got a great product or a great service. It's super valuable, and they want to be able to sell that to their customer. How do you take the Planet Fitness type and sell them into boutique fitness? It's really about the personal attention. Um, you know, it's if you give somebody the opportunity to be vulnerable, they will be vulnerable, which is something we all need to experience in order to get over ourselves and move forward in life. Um, so with at boutique fitness, people really can come in and just be themselves. And I, I think as far as that goes, that's the word of mouth that's super important. So with, you know, there's like so many um, internet fitness stars and, you know, people want us to do all these fancy things with our videos, but that's, that's like a whole other business. And our business is really the people that walk through our doors. Um, and if, 
we put out a ton of free content and I, I have no problem with that because I, I want to help as many people as possible. But if you really want to be helped by boutique fitness, you're going to come in. And if you come in, you're really going to get help. So it's a completely different um, business from all of the online stars. And, you know, we work hands-on with people. We're constantly fixing form, helping them, you know, elevate their game. And if people are working out in their living room, chances are 90% of what they're doing is is probably more harmful than good for them. <laughs> right. Just because they don't, they probably don't really know how to move properly. Um, so we're definitely a hands-on. A lot of people are. Uh, you know, running their business, they're, they're running it in their sort of traditional way, the way that they've always been. And, and you just mentioned something like, hey, we have customer requests that are saying, we want to do, we want you to do something different with video. We want to have you have this sort of maybe online training component to the business. Um, are those areas, so the question is, what new areas might you, might, might you be moving into? Maybe something like new technology or just a whole different genre uh, of, of workouts. Um, but is it that online thing? Is that a component that you are exploring? Are those the big sort of, um, you know, bigger pivots that you might have on the horizon? Or, or is it still just, like you said, just focused on the customers coming through the door? Um, that's a really good question. And it's actually, if we switched our attention or even added the other component of the internet, that's literally like learning an entire new business for us. So we are actually um, expanding on our corporate wellness programs. So it is still very much hands-on, but now we are offering, um, you know, special packages and programs for corporations that are interested or already investing in the wellness of their employees. Um, and through that, we, we will be offering um, or are offering in-house services. So either workshops, um, fitness assessments, you know, anything that can help people, um, sort of bring down those barriers or think that they can never work out or fitness isn't for them, you know, and to just really become a part of um, the corporate wellness solution, which could be hands-on at the place, their place of business or have them come into the studio. So we have options for both. Which sounds like uh, an interesting new target uh, market for you to explore, right? Because now you're, now you have to find somebody that's going to be your champion internally at, at a corporate organization. There's way more red tape for you to jump through, no pun intended, uh, you know, but it sort of gives you that nice thing where you're like, hey, we can target uh, corporations where we know people are sitting eight hours a day, right? You know, and they're sitting in a cubicle. They don't get out and stretch. They've got a half an hour lunch, you know, and, and you can actually target that and really know your customer, um, which is a huge part to doing business. And understanding the customer, the customer avatar is sort of how I refer to it as. Um, how has that evolved for you? Is that something that you work on uh, in your business now is sort of painting the picture of who your perfect customer is? And, and how much on target do you stay when you recruit a new, a new member? Ooh, that's a really good question, too. We've done, I've done customer avatar every year since, we, since we've opened. Um, and every year it's helpful because it does change a little bit. Um, you know, before I had boutique fitness, I'd say 95% of my clientele were men, uh, middle-aged men that I would train all the time. So it's a very, um, it's very natural for me to coach guys. And then when we opened boutique fitness, 99% of it was women. So that was a learning curve for me. Um, so when I did my customer avatar that first year, it was a man. 
And then it became a woman, then it was like a 65 year old woman, then it was a 25 year old woman, and it, it really does change. And now I just do the one on one training. So once again, the majority of my clientele are men. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now you're, so you're shaping this as the market is responding to you, right? These, these are people who are literally knocking on the door, like you paint the picture, that's your target for the year, but perhaps in 90 days, uh, 180 days, your, your, your avatar has changed because the market just responded differently. Um, it, I think it evolves a little bit slower than that. Okay. Um, you know, we got involved with the um, this New Bedford Scholarship pageant right when we first got started, and it's taken a little bit, you know, a couple of years. But throughout the years, we've gained more and more uh, women that come from the pageant world, which is for us was that was a whole other learning curve. So we have sort of these groups of people. You know, we have a lot of um, teachers and we have a lot of nurses. Um, we have a lot of sort of heads of companies that come to us and it, it's funny because it's all dependent on the time of day. You know, we get a lot of our teachers and principals and administrators early, early morning, um, you know, and it varies throughout the day. For me, when I write the, my customer avatar, when I try to figure out who exactly my customer is, I have to think so immediate because if I thought of the whole group of people that come in, it's so diverse and our youngest is 12 and our oldest is 81. Um, that train in the group sessions, like the full out group sessions. So it's, um, it, it's wonderful. I mean, it's a, it's a great confusion to have <laughs> you know, because we really do cater to so many different types of people. Uh, number one, if <laughs> you want a job in digital marketing, <laughs> because I mean, you're doing, you're doing uh, cornerstone content with your YouTube channel and you've been doing it for forever. Um, you're pushing Facebook and Instagram, uh, you're painting customer avatars, not just once, but yearly. And for my last decade of doing this, of doing this type of stuff, uh, on the South coast, I haven't heard of anybody doing it every year. Um, oh, and so really? that's, I mean, that's amazing. And, and I'm hopefully that that's a huge lesson to anybody listening to this. What are the challenges you think this area faces, not just in health and fitness and in, but in, in small business or business in general, um, what, what signals have you seen either positive or negative going in either direction, um, that you think, uh, are big indicators for, uh, either an uptick or, you know, things that we could be doing better on the South coast. What really signals you for this area? Um, you know, we've been really fortunate and we've had a lot of, um, success with the organizations that we've partnered with, like the EDC. Uh, I think that, a lot of times when people open a business, you know, it's really hard to get it started, but it's much, much harder to keep it going. Um, and the sort of feeling of complacency and people not knowing what their options are. Um, I've been very fortunate to be approached by several programs that I got involved with, like um, Interise. I did their Streetwise MBA a few years ago, and that was really what propelled our business forward. But if it wasn't for being a part of the chamber and having met, you know, the recruiter for Interise and her insisting that I get involved, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I would be right now. You know, sure. so I think that um, the trust, I feel like small business owners are not very trustworthy. Yes. You know, you feel like everybody wants your money. Um, and I think it's important to try to really look at things um, objectively and really figure out what our weaknesses are. Yeah and seek out programs that can help us build on those. And it's usually, you know, I went to college for fine arts. I have a degree in sculpture. And even though I'm not doing anything with that degree, 
college taught me work ethic. It taught me what it, what it takes to survive, you know, and it taught me how to build relationships um, and how to think a project through. So it's nothing is for naught. You know, if you're going to do a program, you have to give it your all. It's, you know, I've been involved in a lot of programs that business owners will come in and they really need it, but then they claim they don't have the time to do it or they really don't devote, you know, the effort um, to succeeding in that program. And that's, that's the big problem. It's, you know, admitting that you need help and finding it. We all need help. I still need help. I'm constantly learning. I'm now a mentor for e for all And, you know, you learn best by teaching. Um, so it's that constant search. But I think a lot of the problem with the South Coast is that people don't really know what their options are. And they're untrustworthy <laughs> or untrusting. You know, and, and part of the reason why uh, I started this particular podcast is because I do think that it's it's just this, a very unique place. Uh, it's such a diverse group, um, you know, wealth and cultural and experience wise. I mean, there's just a huge mix of, of different type of people uh, on the South Coast. And um, I, people's mindset are different, even though we're sandwiched in between, you know, a half hour to Providence, uh, an hour to Boston. Um, you know, you, you would think that some of the... I don't know, bigger city, I guess, uh, mentality would spill down a little bit on the entrepreneurial side or business side, even some of the community stuff. Um, but when I was talking to Shelly, I interviewed her on uh, another episode here. And, and one of the things we talked about is there's, there's still, a, for for all the ways that people are trying to find a way into something, there's a whole heck of a lot of noise too. And, and, and maybe more specifically on like Facebook, where there's like Facebook groups for everything. And you just don't know like which which group to join, like which one's going to be the, the most beneficial to your business. Um, and maybe even the same thing in, in person, like do I do the chamber? Do I do, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of that, uh, of the Rotary. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of different like organizations that you can join. And uh, BNI. BNI, that's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. BNI and uh, now with meetup.com, like I use that for the WordPress meetup, but now there's a slew of meetups happening um, that people are spinning up. But it becomes so fragmented because it's good to see all of this activity, but at the same time, South Coast isn't that big, right? There's a yeah. 100,000, what, like 100,000 roughly in New Bedford, 100,000 in Fall River, and then whatever you get in between. It's not massive. Um how do you cut through the noise? Like, I'm, I'm sure people are approaching you all the time. Like, don't you want to join the BNI? Don't you want to join Rotary? Don't you want to do this? How do you cut through that noise? And where do you devote your time to? It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when we got started, um, you know, we're, we're members of the chamber. Um, call me old fashioned, but I think that any business should be a member of the chamber because the chamber really does represent your territory. And if you don't like the way the chamber is run, there's always ways to get involved so that that changes. Um, plus the more people in it, the chance, the better, the chance that you're going to be sur surround yourself with some people that can actually be useful to you. Um, so through the chamber, that's always where kind of, I look first. So can we go to an after hours? Does it make sense? Who's going to be there? Um, for me, it's really hard to commit to any evening. I go, I'm at work at four 30 in the morning, so it's very hard for me to commit to any evenings networking. So um, that being said, BNIs that happen in the morning would be ideal. Um, but then you're, the commitment you make to these groups are so it's so great. I don't have that kind of time. But aside from that, I really just I reach out to businesses individually. So I build my network that way. If I know some places opening, like when Tia Maria's opened, 
uh, we actually happened upon it on their first day. It was a soft opening, but I made sure to introduce myself to Jessica and I made sure to become a part of her world, you know, and I didn't need some organized group to do that for us. Um, Indigo Spa Company, same thing. We're heavily involved with cross-marketing. The Beehive downtown, we cross-market. Um, Brick has been awesome with us for that. And, you know, no problemo, Solstice. We all really work together. And it's it's more seeking them out than going to any networking event. I basically find who I want to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and that goes back to sort of what you were saying before. It's not like, you know, how good you are at selling a product or or your finances, um, or how good you are at, at, at doing, uh, you know, your, doing your taxes. A lot of it is like this humility, right? The self-awareness uh, of, of, of who you are and what you do and what you represent in this area. And then just reaching out and not being sort of confined to this, like, you know, I, I, I believe everybody's in competition with one another. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, people might be saying, uh, dude, do I go and, and go to Matt's, uh, WordPress meetup or do I go do a, a group session at, at Lara's uh, studio tonight? Right. I mean, there's always some kind of like co competition that crosses over at some point of somebody's time. I get it. But a lot of people are just like, I'm not going to introduce myself to, you know, this other spa because maybe they're going to open up a yoga studio, which will eventually take away from me and all of this stuff. Um, right. In the South Coast, like we were saying before, it's not that big. It's not that big. Uh, yeah. And if you can work together uh, and and just find some common ground, that's going to that's gonna be a huge bonus. And number two, guess what, everybody? If you're doing your customer avatars, your customer might not be for you, right? The customer that you think you might be competing with uh, for even like another gym, like even a bigger box gym, like, yeah, hey, you want to pay 10 bucks a month? Go for it. That's not for, right. you're not, you know, that going to be a good fit here. When you're ready to spend a couple hundred bucks a month, then yes. When you're ready to take health and fitness to another level, then yes. But if you just want to hit the treadmill every now and again, maybe not for us. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, if people just reach out a little bit more, I guess is what I'm getting at here. If they just talk to people like you were doing, um, then everyone's going to be uh, the, the wiser and the better. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, when, when we open Track and Channel, it's literally a, a block from Boutique Fitness. And a very common question is, don't you think that that's going to be in competition with Boutique? And honestly, as a fitness professional, it, it's a great compliment to what we do at Boutique. But on the flip side... Um, it's a completely different workout and we're part of the same community and I feel like it really pulls the community tighter right in downtown, which is where my heart is, you know, more than anything. Mm. Um, but even like spin studios. So we, um, we definitely work closely with spin studios. There's Seaside, um, cycle in Wareham and salt and psychology in Tiverton. Um, you know, we have really good relationships with them. Um, there's a new one opening actually in the South coast called, uh, SoCo cycle, uh, so that's going to be really great. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's not, um, you know, and then even with um, the why or with yoga uh, teachers and um, just the more the merry, there's plenty for everybody. Right. At the end of the day, there's plenty for everybody. I don't think anybody's going to open a business in the South Coast and expect to be some crazy multi-millionaire from it unless it's something that's international yeah. you know so when where when you have four walls around you and you're depending on your community that's the whole community that you're depending on including all the other businesses the minute you start shutting people out you're going to start fending for yourself and that's not the most sustainable approach 
That's where we're going to end it, Laura. That's an amazing closing <laughs> to, to yeah. this uh, interview. Where can folks find you to say thanks for doing this interview? Where can they you know, join uh, your programs? Where can they find you? Go ahead and feel free to promote whatever you have. Oh, awesome. Um, so we have uh, our website, www.boutiquefitness.com, and then also trackingchannel.com. Um, you can find us on YouTube, but it's actually under Lara Harrington because I didn't have Boutique Fitness back then. <laughs> um, but, you know, at Boutique Fitness, we book consultations. So the consultations are complimentary and we do just the questions and answers. And then we actually do a very comprehensive um, movement screen to see just where people are starting. So it's a really great way to just get an idea of where you are and where you want to go. Um, and those are really no strings attached. So it's complimentary, no strings attached. You're really just going to make a connection with a fitness coach and then, you know, see if it's a good fit at track and channel. You can book classes right through the website. So that one's nice and nice and easy. You can book today. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Everybody else, it's southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Find us on iTunes. We'd love a five-star review as we kick off this new season of female founders around the South Coast doing amazing things, businesses, communities, organizations, organizations, and everything in between. Southcoast.fm. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Hope you learned a ton from today's guest. Shared a lot of value and experiences for running a business and doing entrepreneurship on the South Coast. So I hope you take a lot out of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. This episode's brought to you by Slocum Studio. You can find Slocum Studio at slocumstudio.com. If you need to get your marketing in order, landing pages, get your conversions up, build that email list, look no further than Slocum Studio at slocumstudio.com.